What's up you guys, Sideline Statsman here and welcome to today's episode of Brick Nation. I know we've been gone a few weeks, but we're finally back and I've got some news. We've got a YouTube channel. Yup, TSS has finally put up a YouTube channel and you can find our podcasts now through YouTube. On top of that, we'll be putting out some new content every week for YouTube, hopefully starting in the next coming weeks that we'll have a new video out, whether it be commentary, voiceovers, play breakdowns, all that good stuff. We'll be taking care of that and putting it out every week. Now, in addition, we also have been working on some WordPress blogs. So now we're going to actually have a WordPress blog up and going by the end of the week. So by Friday, we should have a blog up, ready to go with some articles for you guys to read and check out. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it and it's going to be a lot of fun. We, our goal here at TSS is to make sure you guys get the best content possible and that you enjoy your experience learning about sports and expanding your knowledge on sports. That's our job. So we feel adding in a blog, adding in a YouTube channel on top of this podcast and our social media presence helps achieve that goal. So motioning now back to our main purpose of this podcast, we're talking about, simply put, NBA's comeback from COVID. What do I mean by that? Well, we have a couple stories that came out talking about a new location for the NBA to resume in and a new playoff format they're playing around with, possibly to imply once the actual season begins. So once sports resumes, they're going to go straight into playoffs. And we have a current playoff format of what they want to do. And if it comes true, we're going to give you an exact breakdown of how it's going to end up and how it's going to turn out. This is going to be a great episode, so I hope you guys buckle up and get ready because we're about to get it started. The NBA is resuming the season. Yes, you heard that right. They're going to resume the season. They're in discussions right now to try to get an arena in Orlando set up so they can hold their games. Sounds great. I'm very thrilled. I'm thrilled about it. I'm so happy that they're finally reopening the season. Here's the issue. They're going to have it at Disney World. Now, to be more specific, they're talking with the Walt Disney Company to try to rent out the space for ESPN's Wild World of Sports Complex, which actually is 220 acres, has three arenas, and hotel accommodations. If they could pull that off, the NBA could actually allow the league to restart play and continue to limit outside exposure which means no fans. It could work out great. But again, it has to be an agreement between the NBA and the Walt Disney Company. I think they can pull it off, and they want to restart in late July. That's the weird thing about this whole situation. The NBA wants to restart the season in late July. I feel like it's a waste of time at that point. You've, you, the fans, may not think so, but let's think about it this way. You want to restart in late July... Well, we've been out since March 11th when they suspended the season. March 11th to late July. Think about that. April, May, June, July. You're going to tell the NBA you have, you've you been out four months and now we're just going to go straight into the playoffs, right? Yeah, I don't think it makes sense because some players are now out of shape or they're getting in shape and improving themselves, which makes them more dangerous. So it's more unpredictable. It's more fun. Guarantee it's more fun. But for the players, they've spent so much time with their families and being with their friends outside of the NBA that they probably just don't want to restart the season, as competitive as they may be. I think it's safe to actually close the season down. 
But I understand the NBA's stance. I know why they want to do it. They don't want to lose any more money than they've already lost by suspending the season indefinitely. Does that mean that moving the team to Orlando is the best option? Moving everything to Orlando, is it smart? Well, honestly, I think, barring any unforeseen turn of events, I do think that many NBA owners and executives believe that Adam Silver is going to resume the season in June. He's going to make the announcement in June and that the season's going to reopen. I just don't know if it's the right call. I do think that it's possible. I think it's going to be fun for the fans. It's going to save them money and help them get back to at least as close as possible to the financial goals that they wanted to reach beforehand. But, again, I'm looking at player safety rather than the fans. Okay, you could always make that money back next year by upping the prices on merchandising, increased concession prices. You could do a lot of things to help gain that money back and make more of a profit to make up for what you lost this season. You could always do that. I just don't think it was the right call. I don't know if it's safe for the fans, and I don't know if it's safe for the players to reopen now. That's all it is. And honestly, the NBA's got to work on this. Because now you've got, again, four months we've been out. We're going to be out by the time we restart. Players are going to either be in better shape or in worse shape, and it could affect the way these things go. Who knows? Giannis could be in quarantine for four months, come out, and he's not going to be the same player he was before he went out. So he'll be averaging 15 points in the playoffs if they go straight to that, which could result in an upset by a team like the Celtics or the Magic. It could be either one of them. Keeping on this note, I do feel that they can pull this off. It's just about the state of the players. It's the simple, straightforward way to understand it. The NBA cannot resume unless their players okay it and are ready to risk their safety to come out and play these games. It has to be an agreement between the teams, and the, between the players and the executives. There has to be an agreement. If there's no agreement, don't even try to restart the season. Because then that's going to create a whole new problem with the Players Association. And you don't want to risk that. But here's an interesting thought. What would the NBA do if they do reopen? If they do get the deal done in Orlando? Three arenas, you could do as many games as you need. Would they have to finish the regular season or are they going to go straight to playoffs? You ask me, pretty sure they're going to go straight to playoffs. And if they go straight to playoffs, that's fine. Again, I think there's going to be a lot more upsets because we don't know what players have done in quarantine. I think that's going to affect a lot of it. Here's something, though, that they have been exploring a little bit. Because now we're going to start shifting to the playoff side. Let's say that this does happen. This article comes from NBC Sports, and they are talking about the NBA playoffs having 1-16 to seeding. We already know that we have 1-8 to for each side. We already know we have 16 teams that go into the playoffs. Eight per conference. But what if we took that, twisted it a little bit, and made it so the top 16 teams in the NBA could go to the playoffs rather than the top eight in each conference? Could it happen? It very much could. According to NBC Sports and Brian Windhorst from ESPN, the more people I talk to, the more people in the league think that it's going to end up being a playoffs-only scenario. So that means the playoffs are more than likely going to happen, 
and we're going to just cut out the rest of the regular season. To spice it up, they're going to look into something that Adam Silver has been pushing for a little while. He's entertained this in private, according to rumors, that he wanted to do a top 16 teams in the NBA make it into the playoffs and do it like a seeding, you know, 1-16. to One plays 16 on one side, on the other side it's 2, plays 15, and so forth. He wants to do something like that, and I think this is his chance to pull that off. Because the two major impediments to the plan that they've had in recent years to why they couldn't pull this off and why Silver couldn't get it done is because of travel issues with how much traveling they'd have to do, and the owners in the Eastern Conference would have a lot of issues with this. So if you ask me, I think this is the best opportunity for them to actually make the most out of it. We have to think about that for one moment. So it's obvious now that, let's just say, the NBA resumes at Disney World, right? Five owners from the Eastern Conference would have to approve for the format change. So five owners from the Eastern Conference have to approve changing the entire format of the playoffs just for this season to be at 1-16. to This would mean they want to protect... This would mean that they would have to sacrifice the easier path in the Eastern Conference because they don't have as many strong teams as the Western Conference. So if you scrap having the top eight in each conference, the Eastern Conference owners may realize, oh my God, we won't make the playoffs. We're not going to make it. It's, It's really weird the way that they're trying to frame this. At the end of the day, the Eastern Conference owners might actually say no simply because they just want to protect their spots in the playoffs that they already have, according to the current format, and make it so they have an easier path to get to the finals. This would make it easier for them because they're playing their own teams in their own conference, which they know is weaker than the Western Conference teams. If you mix with the often better Western Conference teams, you're more likely to get knocked out at a quicker rate. But if you think about it from a competitive basketball standpoint, wouldn't you want your team to prove their worth and fight these teams that are harder? I mean, I think that really would work out for these Eastern Conference teams and send a message to the NBA, hey, we're no joke. It's all about mental. And if the Eastern Conference owners look at it from that perspective, things could change. They can really change. Here's the weird part. If only some teams resume their play, owners of the teams that that finished would be incentivized to support whatever draws the most revenue. So whatever strategy draws the most revenue, these owners of these teams that have done really well, or at least would not make the playoffs. But here's the thing. If only some teams resume, owners of the teams that did not make the playoffs would have to be incentivized to support whatever strategy draws the most revenue. So that's really weird. But if only the playoff teams actually return, that would basically increase the pool of owners who would not vote by self-interest. That's the weird thing about this. So you could do it two ways. You could do the vote by including the owners who are making the playoffs and would be in the playoffs in this new format, or you would have to go with all the teams, which include the ones that won't make the playoffs if they change the format. You'd have to include it, and that would raise some issues. If I'm Adam Silver, I like the second strategy. 
by only focusing on the playoff teams, the playoff-worthy teams. If you go through them, I think you'll work out a lot better. So this playoff seeding, 1-16, to it won't continue probably for the next few years. It'll just go back to normal probably after this season. But if this goes really well, they may discuss about changing the entire format as a whole in the future. So let's just say that they do pull this off, okay? The 16-team format, no conference. It's the top 16 teams in the NBA. Top half best in the NBA. Here are the teams that would make this list. I have the full list right here for you guys. The number one seed will be the Milwaukee Bucks because they have the best record in the NBA. Followed by the Lakers, the Raptors, the Clippers, and the Celtics. That's the top five. It's Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, and Celtics. That's the top five. For six to ten, it would be the Nuggets at six, the Jazz at seven, the Heat at eight, the Thunder at nine, and then the Rockets at 10. And to finish out the final six, the 11 seed would be the Pacers, 12 would be the Sixers, 13 would be the Mavericks, 14 the Grizzlies, 15 would be the Nets, and 16 would be the Magic. So, those are the teams that would make it. Those are the 16 teams. That's Bucks, Magic, Thunder, Heat, Celtics, Sixers, Mavericks, Clippers, Raptors, Grizzlies, Pacers, Nuggets... Jazz, Rockets, Nets, and Lakers. Those 16 teams would make the playoffs in this format, which actually almost evens out to about 8 and 8 for each conference. So it really doesn't change anything. All it changes is the fact that some teams are going to be playing harder teams than others, as if it wasn't already happening. Think about it from this perspective. The Bucks would have to play the Magic anyway. Think about it. Magic are the 16th seed, and in the, and in the East, they'd probably be the 8th seed. And then the Bucks are the number one seed in either situation. So they'd have to play the Magic either way. Another example. Let's look at the Lakers being the number one seed. Okay? Let's go back to that old format. They would more than likely have to play the Grizzlies. So it would have to be Lakers-Grizzlies in the first round. Except in this situation, the Grizzlies would be a 14 seed because they're better record-wise than the Magic and the Nets. So you got to think about it that way, too. So the Grizzlies get the advantage and end up having to play a weaker team, probably from the East. It works out for those weaker teams, so I get the argument. But let's now shift over and look at what you guys really want to care about, which is the actual format, who would play who. So let's take a look at it. In the left side, which starts with the number one seed, you'll have the Bucks playing the Magic, who are the 16th seed. And then after that, you would have the Thunder playing the Heat. The number 9 Thunder taking on the number 8 Heat. Followed by the number 5 Celtics taking on the number 12 76ers. And to close out that section, it would be the number 13 Mavericks taking on the number 4 seed Clippers. So to recap that section, Bucks Magic, Thunder Heat, Celtics Sixers, Mavericks Clippers. That is a crazy loaded group. That side of the bracket is loaded with talent. That would be insane to watch. And now on the other side, the flip side, the Raptors are the third seed. They would be taking on the Grizzlies, who are the 14th seed. Followed by the Pacers, who are the 11th seed, taking on the number 6 seed, 
Nuggets. Then, in the final half of that bracket, in the final two spots, it would be the number 7 Jazz taking on the number 10 Rockets, and then the number 15 Nets taking on the number 2 Lakers. It's an interesting scenario. I think the right side would get more of an advantage for the more heavily favored teams than for the left side. But, again, these are the top 16 teams. I don't know what to tell you guys. This is how it would have to be organized and done. So now that we know the bracket in its entirety, let's now look at who would win each matchup and who would end up winning the finals in my eyes. So the first round here, as we all know, every round goes to a full seven games from the start, from the get-go. Usually, I would usually see the first round as being usually five games. I think that's more realistic, but seven games every round, that's how it is. So let's look at it. First round, Bucks take on the Magic, best of seven. I don't know if the Magic have any firepower to slow down the Bucks, no matter how much work they did in the offseason, or at least during this break. And I do think that the Bucks have the full advantage here. They're going to sweep the Magic all four games. It's going to be a 4-0 series. Bucks move on. Thunder Heat, that's 9-seed, 8-seed. Very contested. Jimmy Butler, bam, taking on Chris Paul. Steven Adams, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It's a really tough matchup. I think it goes the full seven, and the Thunder are going to edge it out just barely. I think Chris Paul is going to outplay Butler in the series, and Chris Paul ends up helping this team get to the next level and beat the Heat to make it to the second round to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Moving now to the next game, that's going to be the Celtics taking on the 76ers. This is a really tough matchup as well because we've seen Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, this entire roster for this Celtics squad play so well this year as opposed to the Sixers squad, which is still having some issues and growing pains. I think because of that issue, the Celtics get it in six games. I don't think that the Sixers could actually push it to a full seven. There's always that chance but I don't think they can do it with the amount of talent that the Celtics have. So I think it goes to six games, Celtics pull it off 4-2. And in the final matchup on the left side of the bracket, we have the Mavericks at the 13th seed taking on the number 4 Clippers. I would never sleep on Luka and KP, ever. But with that being said, I think the Clippers are going to win this in six. Clippers get it in six games, the Mavericks somehow get two games out of it, because the Clippers are quickly going to find out that if you isolate Luka, you can't you can't let them win. They won't win without Luka. So if you force KP to have to play and take all the shots, they won't win the game. So I, they're going to end up isolating Luka, and that's what's going to get them the win in the series and move on to the next round. So Clippers in six. On the right side of the bracket, Raptors-Grizzlies, right off the bat. Number three seed, 14 seed. As great as the Grizzlies have played this year with John Morant and how they're going to make the playoffs either way, it's just hard to say that they can actually win this series. I'm going to say the Raptors take it in five. Grizzlies get one game because John Morant's going to carry for one game, but they're not going to beat the Raptors. Raptors get it in five. Pacers taking on the Nuggets. 11-seed Pacers, 6-seed Nuggets. Pacers finally got back Oladipo. So I think that's really going to give a boost to the squad. And with the four months off, it's going to give 
Oladipo even more time to heal up and build his body up so he can actually take these guys down. So, tight matchup. I think it's going to be very slept upon. But, Nuggets pull it out in seven. It's going to go to seven, surprisingly. But the Nuggets pull it out. It's going to come down to Jamal Murray hitting a clutch shot. Gets them the win. Jazz Rockets is the next matchup. Honestly, it Jazz 7 seed, Rockets 10 seed. It's hard to say that the Jazz have this in the bag. They've got Donovan Mitchell. They've got Joe Inglis. They've got Bogdanovich. They've got a lot of great players on that squad. Rudy Gobert. The, the list is endless. But I do think that the Rockets have something going here with Westbrook and Harden. I think Westbrook and Harden together are more lethal than what the Jazz could put together as an entire team on offense. So just focusing on that, the Rockets are going to get an upset, but it's going to take seven games. They're going to run the full seven, and the Rockets will edge it out. And it's going to be thanks to Westbrook and Harden's connection as a duo. So the Rockets move on, pull off an upset on the Jazz. And the final matchup, Nets-Lakers. Honestly, you don't have Kyrie, you don't have KD, you're working off Dinwiddie, Levert, DeAndre Jordan. It's just not good. And you're going up against the Lakers, you're going to be fully healthy. I'm going to take the Lakers in a sweep. 4 nothing. It's going to be a full sweep. Lakers take it, go to the next round. So that's our winners for the first round. It is going to be, in the second round, the matchups will be the Bucks as the number one seed, taking on the number nine, Oklahoma City Thunder. And then, also on that left side of the bracket in the second round, you're going to have the number five Celtics taking on the number four Clippers. Shifting to the right side, you're going to have the number three Raptors taking on the number six Nuggets. And then finally, the number 10 Rockets taking on the number two Lakers. So let's go into the second round, shall we? The Bucks taking on the Thunder. Off the bat, I do think this can be a very contested series. Chris Paul is going to give Eric Bledsoe some serious work. And that's going to really help them in a few of those games. I do think ultimately in the end, Giannis' size is going to play to his advantage because he's going to have to match up against Steven Adams, who literally looks like Aquaman. No doubt in my mind, I do think that this game, this series could make it to seven. But because I have a lot of respect for this Bucks squad and how well they've played this season up to this point before the break, I'm going to have to give it to the Bucks here. I'm going to say it's going to go in six games. Thunder get two wins out of it. But the Bucks are going to win it in six. So the Bucks make it into the quarterfinals. So the Bucks make it into the semifinals. So now they'll be moving on to the third round. Then you're going to have the number five Celtics taking on the number four Clippers. Very tough matchup right there. You're putting up Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum up against Kawhi Leonard and Lou Will. Very tough matchup. I think people are going to really be entertained by this. This will go the full seven. Celtics are definitely not someone to look over. And I think because of that, the Celtics are going to fight, fight, fight. But the Clippers are going to clamp down. They're going to fight their way through. And they're going to knock out the Celtics in seven. It's going to go to the final game. Kawhi is going to get clutch. Not recreate the shot he did in Toronto, but he's going to come pretty close to it. Clippers win it in seven. It's going to be close the entire series. So that means the the third round matchup, the semifinals, will be the Bucks and the Clippers on the left side. On the right side now, the Raptors are taking on the Nuggets. Three versus six. Very difficult. Very difficult. Raptors-Nuggets. Nuggets have not played well as a team the Raptors have. However, the star power you see on the Nuggets is stronger than that of the actual Raptors. The Raptors have Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam. 
You're telling me to match that up against Will Barton, Jamal Murray, Nik- Nikola Jokic, the Joker. You're telling me to match them up against those two? Those three? No, I can't. Nuggets get the advantage there, but as a team, as a whole, playing well together, got to give it to the Raptors. I think the Raptors edge it out in six. It's going to take six games. Nuggets get two, but ultimately the Raptors get the ultimate victory. They move on to the semifinals. And in the final part of that right side, you have the Rockets taking on the Lakers. I think Harden and Westbrook going up against James. That's going to be a wonderful matchup to watch. I think you guys are going to be stunned. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be the most entertaining game you've seen in the last couple of years. I will say the, the Rockets are going to give the Lakers a hard time. But I still think the Lakers will pull it out. It's going to come out in about maybe six games. I'm going to say six games. Could go to seven, but the Lakers will pull it out either way. So they'll make it to the semifinals to take on the Raptors. And there we have it. We've got our final four out of the 16-team bracket. In the semifinals, you have the Bucs taking on the Clippers and the Raptors taking on the Lakers. Let's go to the semifinals on the left. Bucks, clippers Very fun matchup to watch here. I think you've got to think about it in the only logical way. Kawhi Leonard has been very dominant over Giannis in the last couple of years. Since he has been with the Raptors, he has dominated the Bucs. So him being with the Clippers combined with Patrick Beverly's defensive skills and Lou Will's clutch ability coming off the bench as a six-man, it's going to definitely give the Bucs a hard time. I think this definitely goes seven games. In the end, it's going to be the Bucs who pull it out barely, and it's going to be with an unsung hero in Chris Middleton. He's going to come out there in Game 7, do some something crazy to help the Bucks move on to the, to the finals to take on the winner on the right side. I think the number one seeded Bucks live up to that number one seed and knock out the Clippers. So the Bucks are going to the NBA Finals after beating the Clippers in Game 7, thanks to Chris Middleton. And then on the right side, in the semifinals, it is the Raptors and the Lakers. This is going to be another great matchup. You've got Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, and Mark Gasol taking on the Lakers, loaded with LeBron James, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Danny Green. A lot of great guys on that squad. But again, LeBron is the big point I'm focusing on. LeBron and Danny Green have a strong connection, and Dwight Howard does very well dominating in the paint this season for the Lakers, like a rebound year for him. This is going to be a very tough matchup because you've got a lot of big men who are strong and shooters in this squad, and you've got some strong shooters at the guard position. I think this goes a full, this could probably go a full seven, but to be smart about this, I'm going to say Lakers take it in six. So the Lakers will beat the Raptors in six to move on to the NBA Finals. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a step up from Danny Green, who's going to be clutch, kind of like in a Kyrie role when it was with Cleveland. And so your NBA Finals is going to be, as you may expect, Bucks lakers So the Bucks will take on the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Everyone says a split on this, even though majority likes to say that the Lakers are better than the Bucks and that they're going to win either way because they really want LeBron to get that next ring so he can be more into the conversation with Jordan. So I'm going to take it from an honest route. The Bucks, talent-wise... They're very balanced at each position. I don't think the Lakers are on that same level. Giannis versus LeBron is going to be the matchup to watch. Chris Middleton taking care of Danny Green. That's going to be something to watch. You want to watch Rondo 
going off against Eric Bledsoe, who's obviously going to destroy Rondo. The only thing that scares me about the Bucks is their bench. I don't think their bench is as strong as the Lakers, but the, the talent they have overall as a team, I think, is better than the Lakers. So it's going to definitely go the full seven. One of the best finals you will see in years. And I will say, and I'm trying to do this unbiased, I really am, so I'm going to have to explain myself a little bit. The Bucks will beat the Lakers in seven games. And it's and the reason why is because I think after a while, Buttonholes is going to realize how the Lakers system works, and I think he's going to outcoach Frank Vogel. And that's why they're going to win. I think coaching is going to step out more, and Buttonholes is going to prove himself as the better coach than Frank Vogel, and that's why the Bucks win. I think coaching is going to be the advantage here. Because you can't just say LeBron's going to carry this team to a win because it can't happen that way. Y'all say Giannis carries the Bucks. He doesn't carry the Bucks. It's a balanced team. It's a balanced team with balanced effort all around. Chris Middleton, if Giannis has a bad game and he drops 15, 16 points, Chris Middleton steps up, drops 32. If Middleton has a bad game and Giannis only puts up 20, Bledsoe will step up and put up 32. If we're having a bad day shooting overall, off the bench, George Hill will come out and drop five three-pointers in the game to rack up 15 points by himself to help push the squad over the hill. It's always about who's going to step up when this guy falls down. Who's going to be that guy? The Bucks have so many options. If LeBron fails to drop 30 points, who's going to step up and drop 30 points or more in his place? Let's say LeBron drops 20. Who's going to drop the 30 to help give the Lakers an extra boost? Caruso is not dropping 30. Danny Green is not dropping 30. Dwight Howard is not dropping 30. It's not having that team that can step up and make those kind of plays. Not having the guy where if your superstar is hurt, they cannot step... You need to have a team that where if your superstar gets hurt and can't play, your your depth at the position and your starters can pick up the slack and pick up where he left off. Don't forget, when Giannis got hurt and the Bucks had to play the Wizards, Middleton dropped over 40 points to step up and help the Bucks win over the Wizards. It's little things like that. When LeBron gets hurt, who steps up for the Lakers? Who steps up and takes over LeBron's role and drops all the points he does and be- controls the floor? No one. For that reason alone, the Bucks have more flexible options when you can coach them. You can coach that squad. The Lakers don't have that. They don't have that talent that the Bucks do overall. I'm not saying Giannis is better than LeBron because I know the truth behind that. What I'm saying is the overall talent of the Bucks is better than the Lakers. And you have more to work with with the Bucks than you do with the Lakers. So for that reason, I have to say the Bucks beat the Lakers in seven. This has been really fun, guys. I really enjoyed this. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Brick Nation. We'll have another episode out on Friday. But in the meantime, make sure to follow me on Twitter at TStatsman and on Instagram at T underscore Statsman. We're going to start getting the blog up by the end of the week. We're going to have a YouTube video out sometime next week. So keep an eye out for that. We'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.